Hi, this is Queer Margin Series 1, Old Queens, and I'm Reese T. Matthews. This podcast talks to those in the LGBTQ community who are rarely heard from, and this series I'm talking to older queer people about their experiences. And this is Episode 7, George. You think you're the only one, and somebody said to me, well, no, 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 there's lots and lots and lots. If you ever go to that toilet, local toilet there, you'll find lots. So I did, but I didn't go in, I went in a cubicle. And um, the policeman came and looked over the top of the door. And just as I did that, I didn't know, but there was a hole. The fellow next door put his cock through the hole. And the police saw it, and I didn't know. I really didn't know. I didn't see the hole. (laughs) So that was it. And that was it. And I, I was, uh, I was charged. I didn't do anything. wasn't doing anything. George Montague is ninety-five years old. He's the self-proclaimed oldest gay in the village, and he has a book by the same name. For those of you who have been to Brighton Pride, you might have seen him because every year he leads the parade in his mobility scooter. During his life, he spent many years married to a woman while having relationships with men. He's got children and grandchildren now. And he says he's the happiest, luckiest old gay guy in the world. And that's despite receiving a criminal conviction for the fact that he was gay. George has spent many of the past few years campaigning to the government to get an apology for receiving a criminal conviction because of the fact he was gay. The Alan Turing law was passed a few years into his campaign, but this wasn't good enough, as it only pardoned people, implying that guilt still applied. George also gives a very, very brief introduction into what happened to Alan Turing during our conversation. So for those of you who don't know, Alan Turing was found to be having a relationship with a man and because of that he was found guilty of gross indecency. He had to choose between spending time in prison or chemical castration. He chose the latter and it's thought that this caused his depression and led to his suicide. George's husband, Song Chai, popped in and out of the room while we were talking, so the other voice in this episode is his. It was great spending an afternoon with George and talking about his very, very full life. So, here he is. Well, as a a boy at school, I I played about with all my friends a lot more than they did. (laughs) Um, Always, from the age of 11. Mm -hmm. I've really known I was gay, yes. And And, um, I was very lucky and uh, learnt a very good trade and started my own business, and to do that, I, 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 I realised I had to get married, because people, oh, I was nearly 40 at the time, mm-hmm. oh, why aren't you married? So I found a lovely lady, and she, yeah. she married me, and we managed to have three lovely children, and I've now got two grandchildren, so I'm very, very lucky, no, four, three, three, four, yes. I'm very, very lucky. I really am the luckiest, happiest old gay guy in the world. <laughs> so when was the first time that you met a gay person that you knew of? Well, my first lover was... Um, uh, I knew him when I was 40. I met him when I was 40. Right, okay. And I admitted to myself I was gay. I fell in love with him. And he's, in, he's a picture of him in my book. Rodney, he's a picture of him in my book. And he was my lover for seven, seven years until he died. Wow. He died young. What did he die of? Well, heart, I think, oh, yes. Wow. Yes, yes. 
But um, he was lovely, he was lovely, isn't he? Yeah, and then what was the gay scene like in the film? Well, I, I didn't ever go on the gay scene, really. Um, well, we used to go to the Colhern in London, which was full, fully, totally gay mm -hmm. there. There was no straight heterosexual people there. And I used to go there, not merely to meet anybody, but just to, to socialise with people that were like me. Yeah. And, what was and, and to prove, because I always used to wonder, when you, when you first think you're the only one, you think you're the only one. Mm -hmm. And that was a big concert, that were so many more, so thousands, <laughs> and I wasn't the only one. So when you walked in for the first time, just like seeing all those people, yes. must have been overwhelming. Yes, that's, that's wonderful. You meet so many nice people, yeah, so many lovely people, from all, from, from uh, beggars to, 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 to members of parliament. Everyone you meet in there. Uh -huh. Will you tell me a bit about your campaigning? Well, it wasn't, accept it wasn't acceptable in those days to be homosexual. Mm -hmm. And um, I campaigned for understanding and acceptance. Yeah. Because well, I went on the I went on the, the the first gay pride I went on in in London many years many or so thirty years ago, when when they first started in London I went on. And then people that knew me, oh, what are you doing? You're not gay, are you? So, I felt guilty, because a Boy Scout, which I was a very keen Boy Scout, he doesn't tell lies and he doesn't live a lie, and I realised I was living a lie. So I told everybody and became the oldest gay in the village. <laughs> For a while, you were kind of like living as a sort of like semi-out gay man, weren't you? Um, and you were living with, I can't remember, I think it was Rodney, wasn't it? Oh, yes. You were living with him for a bit and then you, and then there was another guy who was living with Well, him. I was still, I was with Rodney for two, 20 or 30 years. All the time I had my business, and he used to visit me in my office, but n nobody knew, just a visitor. But n nobody, I had 20 men working for me, and not one of them knew I was gay. I, I, I couldn't let them know, could I? <laughs> Eventually they found out. Right. How did that go? They... Oh, fine. Oh, good. And then, so you were living with a guy, and then you, deci and then you decided that you needed to marry a woman. Well, I was running my own business. I, I never lived with a, with a guy. I had a, I had a lover. Right. I had a lover, Rodney, mm -hmm. my very first lover, Rodney. And, um, and my, wife, my wife knew him and met him and, uh, and liked him. So she knew I was gay before I married her. And she was 30. And at that day, a woman of 30 was almost on the shelf. Yeah. So she said, never mind. She was fine with it. She was fine with you being gay? She was quite resigned. Oh, okay. That's yes, good. I mean, we managed. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're gay. You can still have sex with a, with a woman. You can still... The way I put it is she, or she more, more made love to me than I made love to her. <laughs> but she was nice. So lucky. I really am in many... Everything I've done, the luckiest and happiest old gay guy in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think it must, have been, it must have been so lucky to find her and to have her being fine with the fact you were gay as well. Well, the way I found her was she was friends with my gay friends. <laughs> and she knew they were gay. And she said, what? What? And she, she got to know me and she said, well, you're not gay, are you? Yes. So will you tell me about the Alan Turing law 
and your like campaigning to do with that, and your because well that you got that made my day. Yeah. Once that was talked about, and um, I I campaigned mm -hmm. for an apology going back as far as Oscar Wilde, because he was the very first one that that suffered and went to prison, yeah. and then Lord Edward Montague he. He was uh, an Alan Turing, mm -hmm. whom I'd love to have met. I never did, but I'd love to have met him. He well, he committed suicide, didn't he? Because they, 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 they gave him injections to try and cure him, and it made his tits grow. And it upset him so much, he, he committed suicide. He, he, he injected an apple with cyanide and then bit it. But you had a criminal record as well, didn't you? Oh yes, well I was caught. Um, if you if you're gay and uh, you, you you think you're the only one, and somebody said to me, "Well, no, 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 there's lots and lots and lots." If you ever go to that toilet, local toilet there, you'll find lots. So I did, but I didn't go in. I went in a cubicle, and um, the policeman came and looked over the top of the door, and just as I did that, I didn't know, but there was a hole. The fellow next door put his cock through the hole and the police saw it and I didn't know. I really didn't know. I didn't see the hole. <laughs> so that was it. So and that was it. And I, I, was, uh, I was charged. And I didn't do anything. wasn't doing anything. That didn't matter. They, 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 they assumed you were and, and the... And the, and the the, the, the magistrates assumed I was because that's where it all happened. Mm -hmm. So I got a criminal conviction of being gross indecency. And that's what I've been fighting. I fought that, you see. And how did that conviction... But there was no understanding in those days. So I, I fought for understanding and acceptance. Yeah. We, were born, we were born that way. And how did that conviction affect your life? I was so lucky. It, it didn't. It oh, didn't. Really? It didn't. No. Wow. I managed to keep it quiet and... Uh, oh my, wow. So did anybody find out about it? Well, I was very keen scouts and I gave the three local reporters a lot of news about my work with the scouts and it was a special branch of scouting. I thought, well, why shouldn't a boy in a wheelchair be in the scouts? Just because he's in a wheelchair? So, and I campaigned for that and got six counties and all the boys that were handicapped in wheelchairs joined the scouts. And we had a special... And of course, they, it was unfair for them to go to camp with all the able-bodied ones. So we ran a special camp called the Six Counties Camp. And uh, I had 40, 30, 30 of them all in wheelchairs and other, other boys on crutches and things. And they had the, uh, the time of my life, they loved it. and Everybody loved it. Because yes. these boys got neglected and nobody did anything. They just sat in their wheelchair and... Nobody took any notice of them. So I put them in the scouts. Right. So when you got convicted, did that not affect your work with the scouts? Well, I, was, I think I was beginning to tell you. Um, I, I gave all the news publicity. I, I uh, believe in publicity, good publicity, which I did, which was helped me with these disabled boys. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot of good publicity. And all the local reporters in Maidenhead, Slough and Windsor, they knew me personally. It's Christian name terms. Yeah. So I, when the next time I saw them, I said, oh dear, oh dear. I said, um, I'm going to ask you a favour. If possible, 
don't put it in the paper. And they were in court when I was convicted and sentenced. They were just, just, just sentenced to, uh, for gross indecency. Although I wasn't doing it, I just happened to be in this public toilet in a locked cubicle. But that didn't make any difference if you were there. Yeah. And um, there was nothing in any of the local papers. They were friends of mine, so they didn't put it in. They were understanding and they didn't put it in, so nobody knew. My workmen didn't know, nobody knew. Oh, no, no. My wife, of course, knew. She knew before she married me. Yeah. <laughs> she was lovely, and I miss, I miss her so much. Mm -hmm. She met, because I was with some child for the last year or so, and she met him and she... And she oh, okay. Oh, yes. So did you two divorce your wife? Never. You see, Never, ever. Never. And then she died? We were married until the day she died. Oh, okay. And sometime met her, met her, and she said, oh, he's lovely, isn't he? And then well, she was, as I say, she was 30, and she yeah. was, she, she had lots of gay friends, other, other gay friends, and she, she was one of the rare heterosexual women who understood. She understood, and she was so pleased and proud that I, 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 I married her. She, she wanted to marry me more than I wanted to marry her. I married her as a... As a cover. Yeah. As a cover. It worked for both of you then, the relationship. Oh, you? yes. Yeah. Um, and as I say, the way she always made love to me, I just lay there and she laid, made love to me. <laughs> That's possible for a woman to do. Um, so, it, yeah, because like so many lives got destroyed because of the criminal convictions, didn't they? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, I had two, two of my friends that I knew had committed suicide. Because it ruined their life, ruined everything, everything, once, once it was in the paper. So, there's another, when I was reading your book, there was like a relationship that you spoke about, which I found quite interesting, and it's kind of on the same topic. Your relationship with a man called Dr. Frank? Oh, yes. Because that, he got in trouble with the authorities as well, didn't he? Oh, yes. What happened there? Well, let me, re let me remember now. Um, I knew he... I knew he was gay, so I did nothing wrong with me at all. But I went to see him, and uh, I said, "There's nothing wrong with me, except some people think there is. I'm the same as you." So we we, we had a relationship. We had a relationship for quite a long while, and then then of course he got caught. I forget how. I forget how. Um, but he got he got caught, and 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 the publicity ru ruined him because he was a local doctor, and he emigrated, and then I learned uh, he emigrated to get away from, from, from the country. And he didn't live very much longer, and then he died. Dr. F said, Dr. Frank, yes. And he had a family as well, didn't he? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Sons. Two sons, yes. And a wife who was a, who was a, a, a fairly eminent psychiatrist. She was a psychiatrist in Windsor Hospital. And she didn't know about... Well, I think she did. Oh, I think okay. she did. Yes, but he was a wealthy man, and he was a he was a doctor as well, and and uh, he was quite wealthy, had a very big practice. But once that happened, it, it, that, that was it. But he was madly in love with me. <laughs> yeah, that's why I picked up from your book that he was a lot more into the relationship than maybe oh, you know, yes. he like properly loved you. Um, and I was flattered because I was a little working class boy yeah. to be have a a, a well known. Doctor in love with me, I was very flattered. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like the from what I read, the court proceedings it kind of like ruined him, like financially. Oh yes, longer. yes. Oh yes, he, it, it cost him a lot of money because he, he employed uh, he employed uh, one of the 
top solicitors uh, to defend him, and that's why he he was he got off. He, he was not proven or something, you know. Yeah. I, think I forget. It failed, didn't it? But the, the the evidence that brought him up, everybody knew that he was gay. Right. So it just destroyed his life then. That's Where right. It, it ruined him. It, it ruined him completely. Yes. And I used to see him regularly all that time. All that time I used to see him and comfort him. But he, he said, well, it's good for you, otherwise you're going to get caught as well. And he, and he just left. He left the country. I think he went to Jamaica. Uh, and and, and he, died. he died there. Did you ever tell your parents that you were gay? My mother, she had suspicions. And she warned me. She didn't tell me she knew, but I think she did. Right. If one of my sons was like that, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to know. Mm -hmm. So I think she knew, but she didn't want me to tell her or to accept it. She pretended it, it, it wasn't true. Right. But we were very, very, very close to my mother. Mm -hmm. But heterosexual people just didn't understand. They didn't. It was impossible for, in those days for them to understand. They thought it was filthy, dirty. You know. <laughs> yeah. And your father, did he... He never said anything. No, I think he knew, but he didn't say anything. Because he, I mean, he knew about gays, and he, he knew I was gay, but he just kept quiet about it and didn't say anything. Yes, that's right, because in the book you say that you told him you were going to a, a bar that was famous for gay people going there, and he told you not to go there, didn't he? I think... Oh, yes, don't go there, son, will you? Mm. That's right. I just noticed... Oh, you, you have a wonderful memory. <laughs> That's right, he did. Yeah. Well, that was Windsor. That was called the ship in Windsor. And he had been in the army, and he was stationed in... And that's where some of his colleagues used to go. They weren't gay, but they used to go for money. What do you mean, money? Well, rent. Oh, OK. They used to go with the gay people for money. That was well known. That was very well known. And that was happening in, in his day. Oh, it happened all over the place. For, for totally heterosexual boys and men would go with a gay guy for money. Was there a time when that you felt like the view towards gay people was changing? It took many years, didn't it? Yeah. Before they accepted. Uh -huh. um, I think the Lord Montague case and Pitt Rivers and Wild Blood, those three, the, 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 the trials, that helped. That helped a lot. They all went to prison. Yeah. Because um, I, I knew Lord Edwards, a great friend of mine. Yeah. Yes. Will you tell me about the Lord Montague case? Oh, yes. Well, they, they had, he had some senior Boy Scouts. They weren't very, very young. They were sort of rovers and uh, 17, 16, 17, 18, staying on his property. Camping as a, as a camp, and he got to know them, and um, he had sex with one of them, mm -hmm. and then they they felt guilty, and and they spilt the beans, right, and he was put on trial, but they didn't believe the boy, okay. and he was acquitted, okay, but there was the stigma, a rumor of it, so then he had a lovely property. In, in Bewley, in the Isle of Wight. And he was there, and there was about five or six other, quite one quite famous uh, journalist, 
Pitt Rivers and Wild, Pitt Rivers and Wild Blood. I think there was a very famous journalist from right. one of the papers, okay. and he was gay, and they were all there. And they got caught and they went to prison. Three of them went to prison. But I'd known him, I'd known him for many, many years. And uh, as I said, he was a sailor. Right. And I, I, I met him and I said, I hope you don't mind my telling you, but uh, you and I have a great deal in common. I said, um, we're both about the same age. Mm -hmm. We've both been married. We've both had three children. And we're both gay. <laughs> And we became friends. Really? Oh, yes. Yeah. But he was lovely. He was lovely. He was lovely. Mm -hmm. There was nothing sort of... Um, some have his type. They never, never talked or had anything to do with the lower classes, the working classes. But he did. Oh, yes. We were great friends. Prison more or less broke, broke him. He went to prison for... for a, 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 eight, he was sentenced to 18 months and he's... They, they let him go after one year, but it broke him because everybody knew, everybody knew. Oh, okay. He um, was a broken man. So did you know him before, did you know him before he went to prison? Oh yes, very, um, very well. Right, I thought he well, was just he after. was in the sailing, belonged to the same sailing, we both had boats. Right. They had boats, oh yes. Oh yes, I went to Beaulieu many times. In what way did it break him then, going to prison? Well, the publicity. Because yeah. it was an aberration and a terrible thing to be... Homosexual in those days, nobody believed that if you were homosexual, you weren't also a paedophile. Mm. The police get to know. They pick up a young gay, gay guy mm. and they bully him. And we're going to throw the book at you if you don't tell us everyone that you know that's gay. And some of these young guys knew my name and the police knew my name. So they were out to get me anyway. But that's how the police worked. And I met, I met a great friend, a police, uh, was a policeman who was gay. Oh dear, he said, your name is on the queer list. They had a list of all those in the, in the area that were gay. So you were targeted then after that? No, I, I wasn't targeted, but when I, was, when I was arrested in a public toilet, and the reason I was there was not to meet anybody, because I had a boyfriend. But you go there because then you realise you're not the only one. Mm. And the way you do that is read the little rhymes on the wall. My mother made me a homosexual. And underneath, if I gave her the wool, would she make me one? Yeah, things like that make you laugh and cheer you up and make you realize that you're not the only one. And then of course the policeman looked over the top of the door and just as he did that, the guy next door that I wasn't aware of, he put his cock through the hole that was there. He pushed us, it was stuffed up with paper, but he pushed it out and put his cock through. So I was arrested. And and charged, that was it. What's your view of the police now? Oh yes, they're gone? very gay friendly, yes. Yeah. Oh, when I go on the gay pride, all the police come over and give me a hug and... Mm. Oh yes, they're very, very gay friendly. Well, quite a lot of policemen are gay. Yeah. You get police on the, on, on the gay parade, the gay, gay policemen on the parade. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think that would happen when you were younger? Oh no, you hoped it might, but yeah. it just takes time. And in, it takes time, and it, it, when it, in, in time, people understand but it takes time and did you yeah i guess did you ever think that you would be living in brighton as like an out gay man with a partner did you ever think that would happen I, I i i dreamt about it and hoped it would <laughs> will you tell me about what brighton was like when you first came here well brighton was the place in the world to go people came from all over the world to go 
For some reason, I don't know why, the gay people in Brighton, there were more of them. We had more gay, more gay clubs, gay pubs, the Heart in Hand, and the and the. I I know where they are now, and I see them sometimes. And the, the you know the the, the 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 club we used to have was, and of course it's so if you're if you're gay and you're ostracised and you feel like you're, you're nobody understands except other gay people. When you meet them, and you you give them a hug. And you have a, a gay, a gay, a, a gay lover, and and then you realise you're not the only one. There was there were hundreds and thousands in Brighton. It was the gay city, gayest city in the world. Although, if you were gay, come to Brighton, and you'll be all right. I first came here in 1950. That has changed so much. Not a lot. There were crossroads with a policeman with a white helmet on duty, and he must have been gay. Because I had all, a car full of gay people who were all laughing and screaming. And he came over and said, shut up you fool, look what you've done now. But it didn't matter. He put his head over and flapped his wrist and said, <laughs> welcome, welcome to Gay Brighton. <laughs> that was Brighton, a gay policeman. He's from China, I don't know whether you can guess, he's not English, he's from Thailand. So how did you and in, in, the, in the Quebec, in London, yeah. it's a wonderful bar. All ages you get in there, mm -hmm. from 18 to 90. Yeah. And you stand there, talking, but you have one eye on the door for anybody that comes in that you might fancy. <laughs> and I had my eye on the door, and some chai came and stood on the door. For some reason, I don't know why, never, he looked straight at me. And I looked at him, and then he walked towards me, and the guy I was talking to said, Oh, George, I think you've scored. I better make myself scarce. He disappeared, and that's it. We've been together ever since. Really? Yes. Wow, so that's how you met. <laughs> yeah. We've been together ever since. 22 years ago. 22 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I met his family, and I adore, adored his mother. <laughs> I adored his mother, and she understood. She knew, she understood, never said anything, nothing was ever said, but I'm sure she knew. Hmm. <laughs> well, I knew, that, I knew that the, the pub when I was studying in Norway, all right, beginning 90, and when I had the uh, job into in London. Ah, okay. I went there, and also when I was working for the company, uh, or a company in Thailand, uh -huh. and they sent me back here to the UK, in London, when I finished my conference, the conference. And the first thing I went was to Quebec, and that's what I met him at that time. My company um, going to close my section and offer the staff to do anything else. So I proposed that we can come back to, um, to London to study, to wow. so become a student again. And that's where we lived together since. So you were married and you had children. When did you tell your children that you were gay? I uh, decided, after chatting with my wife, we weren't going to part. We were not, not going to live together. She had a boyfriend, or she, was, she had someone that was a bit of a boyfriend. Right? Uh, she got more out of him than she got out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I told my children, I said, I, I really ought to let you know, I'm gay. Oh, Daddy, we've known for years. Really? Children are very perceptive. And they were fine about it. What can you do? So lucky. Uh -huh. 
It's accepted, yes. I never forget that old daddy we've known for years. <laughs> oh, and my, my two sons said, yeah, we don't care, but you won't tell our mates, will you, Dad? But I presume everybody, well, everyone knows now because you've got books out and you're at the front of the Pride Parade. Yes, that's right. Are you going to be leading the parade next year? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sir. I look forward to it every, every year. Yep. I'll be 95 this time. 96! Well, I, I joined up, that's right, no, my business didn't start until after the war, yeah. after the war. I, at the age of, of, of 18, mm -hmm. I tried to join up at 17 and they wouldn't have me. You know, you've got to be 18. And then I joined the RAF and I was posted to Southern Rhodesia. As and I, I took a course and I became a physical training instructor. Uh, and and to, to be a fighter pilot, you had to be fit. So I made them, I didn't train them to fly, but I trained them to be physically fit because they were on duty 24 hours a day and they had to be very fit. Well, the, the, you see, it was almost impossible in England because England was being bombed all over, wasn't it? And they bombed the airports and, 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 and the, 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 the airfields. So the, the training, there was, they, they couldn't train pilots and, and navigators and whatnot. They all went to, to Rhodesia. And that which was no problem whatsoever. Um, so and I, I went out there and uh, training young 18-year-old boys who were training to be pilots, and I, I kept them fit. And you met, you met a lady when you were over there as well? Oh, I had a... I, had a, 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 and I, I mean, you need someone when you're, when you're 17, 16, 17, 18, you need someone. And I found her, and we, we had a relationship. And she even had a child with me. A child, yes, a, a little girl, yes. <laughs> but those things you you have to leave. And when you found out that you had a child by her, she was in a relationship with another man, wasn't she, at that point? And oh yes, and he was quite pleased about it because in in Southern Rhodesia, the thing to be was to be white. When the the British Army were there during the war, there was the First World War, and there were thousands of children born who had a black mother and a white father and then they had children themselves and the big ambition of all of them was to be as white as possible and uh, the, the, the girls they wanted to marry they wanted to marry someone and they didn't mind if he was or if he was one of them he was and that's what she did mm -hmm. she, she she had she had me as a lover but then she married is it strange for you knowing that there's a child like somewhere else in the world that's yours? That's strange. I often wonder. Yeah. If she's still alive, she's probably not alive anymore. I mean, I, I just realised my, my, my sister, who was eight years younger than me, she just recently died. Right, OK. So yeah. I, I am older than average. I'm, I'm older. Most people die in their 70s and 80s. Yeah. And I'm going to live to 100. So, is there anything you would say to young gay people today, is there anything from your experiences, like any advice you'd have for them? Be careful, because there's still a lot of heterosexual people who don't really understand and they don't want to. So be careful, especially when it comes to what we call cottaging, that's going to the toilets. Don't do that. There's no need. There's lots of gay bars that you can go and um, make a, um, a life for yourself with uh, with a partner. When you were 
campaigning for uh, about the Alan Turing law, and did you didn't you go to number ten Diamond Street? I did. Oh yes. Yeah. So will you tell me about that? Because they did a I but I set up this petition, signing for an apology. Uh, we weren't. Uh, we didn't ask to be gay. We were born that way. So why should we be persecuted and prosecuted mm-hmm. for being the way we were born? Yeah. And we got it. We got the apology. We got the apology from the House of Commons. No, um, but I've met, I've met the, um, the leader of the opposition. What, what's his name? Jeremy Corbyn. Corbyn? Yeah. Oh, we give each other a hug. <laughs> He's very gay friendly. I, I set up in, in Kemp Town on the Gay Pride weekend and I got eight or 9,000 signatures. For an apology to the gay because community. A couple of years before, there was a pardon, wasn't there? People who yes. uh, got a criminal record for being gay had a pardon. And well, that I, enough for you, I objected to that. I said, you only give people a pardon if they were guilty of something. Mm-hmm. How can you be guilty of being gay? That's the way we were born. Mm-hmm. So we don't want a pardon. We want an apology. And you committed, like, years. Like, this went on for a while, didn't it? Your campaigning. Oh, yes. Why Oscar Wilde, Alan Turing, yeah. Lord Edward Montague, Pitt Rivers and Wildblood, all that lot, they all went to prison. Why was it so important for you to get an apology rather than a pardon, then? Well, if you've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, no, if you've done something which isn't wrong, it shouldn't be wrong, uh, there shouldn't be a law against it. Therefore, pardon doesn't come into it. We were only naturally, that that was their nature. So you just need an apology for the way they treated us and lack of understanding. They took many, many years to understand. It's very difficult for a heterosexual person to understand. Mm -hmm. But now they do. What was it like to see that letter? Happiest day of my life. Proudest day of my life. Mm -hmm. I did it, didn't I? That made my day. Does that make you feel like it's been righted then, what's happened in the past? Certainly. Mm -hmm. Certainly. I'm... I am the luckiest, happiest old gay guy in the world. I found George to be so charming and charismatic. He's full of character and he just laughs non-stop. George's experiences seem to be never-ending. And I suppose living 95 years will do that. He doesn't seem to have any intentions of slowing down. And I look forward to being at Brighton Pride in five years when he leads the parade at the age of 100. You can find the letter we spoke about which contains George's apology from the Home Office, along with photographs of George and the banners he takes along to lead Brighton Pride. That will all be on the Instagram account, which is at Queer Margins, and on the Facebook account, if you just search Queer Margins. If you enjoyed this episode, then please rate, review and subscribe. Thanks so much for listening.